We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Blue wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always by my co-host Nick Villato. Today we're going to dive into the Giants 53-man roster, or at least what they're claiming the 53-man roster to be. This is going to be a fluid 53-man roster. More fluid, I would bet, than any other season considering what's going on. There's 53 guys on it now, but that will immediately change tomorrow when two of those guys hit IR. We're going to dive into all that. They're going to be adding two more to this roster. We're going to break down each position group on the roster from the 53 and then some surprises from each. But we'll probably start this bad boy off by actually diving into the players released first because, as you know, Big roster, um, as you know, the Giants have kind of worked through this extended training camp, if you want to call it that, where they're really scrimmaging against each other, trading preseason games for scrimmages. There's not much tape to work with outside the organization. So basically, for all these teams, Giants included, but then other teams looking in, they don't have much to go on with regards to the players cut. They have to use their own pre-draft evaluations. They have to use evaluations they have based on film from previous seasons. There's nothing from this preseason. I think that's going to change a lot of how the waivers are going to work, how players are going to be claimed, and all of that. So, Nick, before we get going on that, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. You know, just another day in paradise waiting for the NFL season, which is literally next week. How I can't believe it. It snuck up on us, my man. Not even next week at this point, Thursday night. Yeah, less than a week we get to watch Pat Mahomes take on Deshaun Watson. It's going to be exciting. Um, I'm hoping this bad boy can last more than a few weeks without any problems. We obviously saw baseball get off to a rocky start but since then they've actually done a really solid job of keeping things under wraps so hopefully nfl can follow that lead yeah baseball has a much more flexibility than the nfl does obviously due to the fact that they could do double headers obviously football cannot do that but i'm optimistic yeah 
All right, Nick, let's dive right into this. Let's start with our thoughts on the big surprise from the day. To me, there was really only one surprise cut. I looked throughout the roster. Some people can point to, you know, Drayvon Askew Henry as maybe a surprise cut, but I think that was always a little bit more fluff than reality. Um, he wasn't having an excellent camp. And then, you know, some would say Grant Halley, who's played a whole lot of snaps for the Giants over the last few, two seasons, was a surprise cut. But to me and you, you know, watching him just not be able to compete in coverage. I mean, the most glaring example of it was last year in that early season game against the Washington Redskins where he really should have given up two long touchdowns to Trey Quinn, who was released today by the Redskins. It just, you know, if you're not, you don't have the ability to cover Trey Quinn, you probably don't have the ability to cover anyone at the NFL level. So regardless of the physicality he brought to the run game, it's just not enough from a from a corner, um, from anyone in the defensive backfield. So no real surprises there, but then we get to the big one. And the big one was Ryan Connolly, obviously my boy, your boy. Boy, both of us love his film. We're not the only Giants analysts who love that small sample size that we saw from him. Thought, perfect fit for what the Giants want to do. Even though, obviously, they're moving to a new system, he still... And, and you know, that could change some things. I don't think that was why he was released. We'll get more into that. But he was released, Nick. So I want to get your initial thought on this decision and where, where they might go from here. I honestly think it's just going to be... And I could be wrong on this, and by the time you listen to this, this could be completely off. I think it's just going to end up being a savvy move by Joe Judge and the Giants, who are just going to cut him now because teams have not seen him in preseason, and he's obviously recovering from an ACL injury. And then tomorrow, they will reactivate him to the roster once David Mayo is relegated to the IR. So I don't think he's done with the New York Giants. Yeah, so I mean, that's the point that I think that's an interesting point to to bring up here, because... As we mentioned at the beginning, top of the podcast, David Mayo will go on injured reserve tomorrow. Xavier McKinney will go on injured reserve tomorrow. So there's going to be two extra roster spots. And maybe, you know, it's a, it would be very Joe Judge, Patriots-esque to release Connolly because, listen, again, just a four-game sample size, just a former fifth-round pick. So you can maybe sneak this one through considering, again, no one has any preseason to work with. Yeah, we saw Ryan Conley looking actually pretty good in that scrimmage. It's very, this is probably the most surprising thing about the cut as far as like, you know, people, some people are suggesting he hasn't been the same since the injury, which I would say, okay, of course you shouldn't, what I would say it's possible, but that doesn't mean you should release someone with that much, who showed that much promise in a small sample size, albeit small sample size doesn't matter when you flash that much promise. It doesn't matter what system you're in. I don't think, you know, that's the other point. Is it a system cut? You know, is he not a fit for the new second-level defenders the Giants want with the versatility, regardless of what that may be? Or, you know, others are saying, listen, this is going to be a defense that basically is only going to have one inside linebacker on the field for almost every snap. So there's really no fit for him. Um, And so it's not as much of a, you're not taking as much of a risk by releasing someone with that much promise who may be slow to come off his ACL. All that could be in play here, but... I would argue that Ryan Connolly is not a scheme-dependent linebacker. I would argue that what he flashed and what we saw was promise for any scheme. Yeah, and I think they might just be relying on the unknown, the possible unknown of other teams regarding Ryan Connolly's recovery from the ACL. Because I look at the roster, you look at some of the linebackers, I wonder if other people around the league value T.J. Brunson or Devontae Downs, who's been a guy who's been on a couple different teams at this point, and why the Giants didn't elect to go in that direction. Is it because they're healthy? Is it because they think other teams will be in on somebody like T.J. Brunson? So I'm a little curious on why they didn't go in that direction and why they would put Ryan Connolly, Ryan Connolly out there for other teams to possibly claim off of waivers. If And that there is a little bit of if they really did value Connolly, why would you put why would you take that risk? Yeah, I mean, if you, it's exactly, if they really did value Connolly, why are they throwing him out there and taking the chance? Obviously, it makes sense on the surface that someone who has, you know, a more recent evaluation of Brunson or these linebackers that were in this draft class may be more willing to pull the trigger and add, because again, with Connolly, it's not like, you know, some, t- it's it seems like a bit of a long shot that some team would want to add him right now to their 53, right? Like, we're talking about a former fifth-round pick coming off an ACL. They don't have access to the Giants' blue and white scrimmage tape. You know, they don't have—they can see what was aired on TV, but they don't have the, the same— you know, the Giants are taking all 22 shots of all their practices and all these scrimmages. Like, they're evaluating the film on what they saw. So that's what other NFL teams don't have. So to me, it seems like it is at least in play and possible— that the Giants were pulling this kind of move with Connolly. We're going to find out soon um, on that front for sure. I mean, this will be in a matter of days. And Giants will, 
Giants have been an active team claiming waivers players since Dave Gettleman got in here, and they have a minimum of two players that are going to claim off waivers when they do go ahead and um, put both McKinney and Mayo on IR. Now, they may just add back guys they cut here. It's possible. But I think the Giants are eyeing guys from other teams. And also, let us not forget that this year, since it is so unique with COVID, they, for the first time, you can put veterans on your practice squad, which used to be something that was just reserved for players on their first contract, young players. But now you could see guys with seven, eight years in the NFL be relegated to the practice squad. And now you also have two players every week to bump up from 53 to 55 every week you can bump up two players from your practice squad to the active roster and they do not have to go through waivers so that's another really interesting nugget to consider because a it's new and b you're kind of going to need these kind this kind of flexibility in this strange covid type of atmosphere we're all living in yeah for sure and with Connolly, the one thing i would say that is a bit just the most odd thing i would say to me i should say nick is that he was getting reps a lot of reps with first team defense like it didn't it seems like, I mean, not, he wasn't, obviously, they, for most of the time, they have Blake Martinez out there, and they're not, like I said, this is going to probably be a defense that isn't using a lot of two, that, or not a lot, but is going to be using less two inside linebacker type formations and personnel groupings than some of the other rosters. I mean, we've seen this with the Patriots, we've seen this with disciples of that defense, that's that system. So, yes, that's in play, but I just feel like this is a guy who, it, it, it's surprising to me. It really is that they would take this chance if that's what they're doing. It's why I think it's still in play and possible that they just they know more about the medical situation than we could possibly know. 100%. They definitely have a lot more information than we do, and they probably are aware of just how NFL teams are judging taking other players who are coming off of injury in this uncertain time as well. They don't want to put Ryan Connolly, who could possibly be still recovering from an injury on that active roster yeah. as you alluded to before so it has to be an element of that but again i think ryan Connolly dons a giants jersey he'll be out there with number 57 again i don't think he's done in new york interesting okay i'm not as confident as you are because i think this is a very odd decision even if you're it's an interesting play potentially if they're making it but you know i i think like, for example like i can think i think they could they could have squeezed Crowder, Brunson through waivers as well and gotten them back on the practice squad. Maybe not Crowder as much. Just mm-hmm. cause I, It's weird because he was Mr. Irrelevant, but like I felt like I heard a lot of buzz around his name. Like like a lot of teams were calling about Tay Crowder because obviously the undrafted free agent pool, teams start calling these guys in like the fifth round to start right. like getting contact with their agent and everything. And a lot of people were after Crowder and the Giants soured and pissed all over a lot of people's parades. So I don't know about Crowder. I don't know why they waited to the last pick since they had four seventh-rounders, but they did. But he seems like he's safe. But, yeah, no, I look at Devontae Downs, too, another player who, you know, he's a couple years removed from a draft and seems like mm. he's not somebody who would be highly pursued, but obviously the Giants thought differently. That's the thing. Like that, Downs is an even better example of it, Nick, I should say. That, the fact that they kept Downs on this roster does indicate to me that maybe this is it for Connolly. It, 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 that's that's a very interesting point, and I'm just of the mindset that maybe the Giants are going with the whole it's a nebulous situation with his ACL recovery, mm-hmm. and they have no tape on him since the ACL recovery, so maybe we could squeeze him through, like we said, fifth-round pick, yeah. only a small sample size. They're not going to want to put him on the active roster, and maybe that's their mindset, but it could be a very plausible thing that they're just like, you know what, this guy's not for this defense. That's right. also in play. I don't feel that way as of right now, but by the time we're listening to this, that could be in play. Because these guys, I mean, as far as Crowder and Brunson goes, they're hand-picked for a specific system that the Giants were bringing in vis-a-vis Connolly, who was more so hand-picked for James Betcher's system. And at the same time, like you said before, I think Connolly can thrive in multiple well, me different... me yeah, too, yes. yes. So, I'm not trying to say I don't believe no, that, but it could be what the Giants believe. But we'll see. Time will tell. Let's talk about some of the other cuts that were made here. Uh, we talked about, I, I mentioned a cut briefly, so let's touch on those to start. Javon Askew-Henry, in my opinion, always got more buzz than, than what should have been there. Guy comes from the XFL. You know, we, you know, th- there was an idea that maybe he was going to be something for the Giants. Really didn't flash in camp. The only draft pick they released, which I found interesting, was Chris Williamson, kind of that safety corner hybrid from Minnesota. I still think, especially considering he's a hand-picked guy, he could come back to the practice squad. I would say he's one of the likely players to come back to the practice squad. I think the practice squad's going to be really interesting. We can go through some of these names. I think uh, quite a few of them will be slated to come back to the practice squad. Guys like Tyler Haycraft, I think, is somebody else. Oh, yeah. Was we cut. just talked about him last podcast. Yes, I think he'll definitely be somebody that the Giants are going to try to target and put on the practice squad. Even Kyle Murphy, some of those younger offensive linemen, especially versatile offensive linemen. We've heard Joe Judge. How many times has he brought up versatility on every 
in every part of the football field, on the defensive line, at the second level, on even in the offensive line. So I think guys like Haycraft and Murphy who played who have trained at a lot of different positions and have had success at the collegiate level at a few different positions as well, especially in Murphy's case, I think those types of players have a better chance to kind of stick on that practice yeah. squad. Yeah, I mean, and there's some other interesting cuts. I mean, Grant Haley, we, we touched on the beginning of the show. Haley's a guy who came in with a lot of, you know, there was some promise surrounding him. Undrafted guy, but he was really good at Penn State. Was always the guy making big plays on that defense, around the football. And had some big plays for the Giants over the years, especially in their run game, especially just disruptive around the line of scrimmage. But, you know, last season was really kind of the breaking point for, for I think, the Giants, for both us and for the Giants, as far as their evaluation of will he be a long-term fixture here, when he just really couldn't hold up in coverage for the most part. And he was... You know, again, like I said, the best, easiest pass these days in the NFL, by far, the stats back it up. You can look at all of the advanced metrics, both in efficiency and yards per play, is the slot. Slot is where NFL quarterbacks are targeting or having the best success rate when they're targeting. And the slot vert is easy money right now for the offense. Not, if not, not easy money in the sense that every, every offensive play is hard to execute at a high level, but it's the easiest money in the NFL right now, in my opinion. When you have a guy like Grant Haley in there, it's just not first of all, you're going to get killed by matchups when he's just undersized. But it's also, he can't keep up with Trey Quinn on slot verts. Like, that's enough. That's enough. Like, that, that the end of story, you know, you throw that tape on, for me, it's end of story with Haley. It was at that point, um, to the point where, the, I mean, the Giants felt this way too, Nick. The Giants literally put a boundary corner in, in Corey Balancing in the slot just because they couldn't bear to see Grant Haley out there anymore. Yeah, and they would say Grant Haley was dealing with an injury, but sure. it, it was the fact that Grant Haley was also a huge liability for that defense, and it's no wonder that the team had tried to address this position, and then they, let's call it what it is, a lot of unlucky situations. I mm-hmm. mean, you have Sam Beal opt out, that's his prerogative, and that's fine, but you have the DeAndre Baker situation, you have the Xavier McKinney injury, and then the Giants yeah. just go and they try to get Kavari Russell and Brandon Williams, two guys we saw released. They go out and trade for Isaac Yadam from the Broncos. He ends up making the squad, and they're just trying to get as many bodies to this cornerback position. And I think during the season it might just be, hey, we're going to play the hot hand here at corner. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think they might have to really re- rely on Logan Ryan, who's more of a versatile piece for the secondary. They're going to have to probably rely on him out on the boundary, especially if these kids don't step up and play outside. And I'm not really confident that someone like Corey Ballantyne, especially when you read some of the reports, is going to be able to hold up out there. And you know every single offensive coordinator is going to be going up against the Giants, who have a pretty solid rush defense, who have a pretty solid cornerback in James Bradbury, and they are going to circle that second cornerback, if it's not Logan Ryan, and they are just going to attack, yeah. attack, attack that position. Though, I mean, it could be, yeah, it, for sure, especially if it's Valentine out there on the boundary. But, again, we've seen a lot of reps with, Dar- with Darnay Holmes on the boundary. I know we both talked about, you know, we have some skepticism given his arm length uh, he, and his size. Darnay Holmes is going to be the slot, though. It's, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's done most of his work in the slot. But I think there's gonna it's going to be a matchup-based defense is what I actually think. I think there's going to be times where Darnay Holmes will be on the outside, depending on the receiver who's on that boundary. You know, you might it, you might see it if, let's say, the Giants— the Giants don't play this team this year, but let's say the Giants played—or do they play this? They do play this team this year. But when the Giants played the Ravens, for example, I could totally see them put Darnay Holmes out there on Hollywood Brown. I think Darnay Holmes gives them—first of all, Darnay Holmes had some really good reps against Hollywood Brown in, in college. That's kind of what sold—one of the things that sold me on him. I was like, wow, this guy has big-time— potential i mean he was shutting down him jj arcea whiteside he plays bigger than his size first of all second of all he's done it in the past and i think when they're playing a team like the ravens they could actually potentially be better off with darnay holmes on hollywood brown than bradbury or Corey ballantyne like or logan ryan i would like to see darnay holmes as like an outside contained defender though too in those situations yeah, it could if be he's, tough against if, the ravens if he game. ends up yeah. being the fourth sure. defender and they get a guard isolated yeah, on him. but in that situation true. any cornerback's going to be screwed yeah in reality you just got to go and take right. out that all that's that lead blocker's legs not allow him to get any of the other uh defenders in that area but i think there are a lot of things that kind of a it's a matchup based thing yeah but i just i think there's times where we'll see him out there too but yeah i know i know ballantyne got a little buzz as a potential cut but that was just net big given their depth on the boundary and their lack of experience there that was just it wasn't going to happen i didn't think but they did end up releasing prince smith who they signed in addition to haley a couple of other interesting ones i thought were um Garrett Dickerson, a guy who was getting some buzz. I knew there was going to be a long shot for him to make the roster because, you know, Eli Penny is going to be that guy who lines up in that kind of H-back position if they play an H-back or fullback, if they have a fullback on the field. Um, 
And, you know, tight end is a place where the Giants really have their guys there. I mean, they, they're keeping Caden, they're keeping Evan, and they're keeping Levine Toilolo. So they have three guys there, which is not, you know, some teams use more there. So some people thought maybe Tomlinson would make the roster as a blocking guy. That, that to me, seemed like it was out of the picture once they signed Toilolo. But Dickerson's a guy who flashed a little, got some hype from Garrett earlier in camp. So I was definitely a little surprised to see him not make the roster. He had a lot of athleticism, and I thought that he could be someone who just finds his way onto the roster. I think there's a lot. It was just a competitive cut. Yeah. Like we see, we've seen some solid players here. I mean, we've gotten to know these guys just from past watching them, going over their film, and it seems like there are some at least solid options, especially the younger guys, which we expected a lot of them to be cut and then uh, relegated to the practice squad, especially at the receiver position. It seemed like Alex Bachman had an amazing camp, and they're raving about him, and I'm sure he's another one that's going to be put onto the practice squad. But you had players like Derek Dillon, Benjamin Victor, and Austin Mack, all get released as well, or waived as well, and I'm sure the Giants are going to look to at least bring some of those guys back onto the practice squad for special teams purposes, and obviously to be a wide receiver, possibly to be brought up, because you and I are both of the mindset that they might go out and they might claim another wide receiver, though, maybe somebody, a bigger body receiver that was cut from another team. Yeah, we'll dive into that when we kind of break down the roster reposition, but I do want to note that it is interesting that this entire, you know, UDFA wide receiver class they brought in, which we thought was interesting. We thought both of us agreed that this was a wide receiver class where they should have drafted someone. I thought it, I mean, I was set on it should have been day three, but I do think they should have used a day three pick. It didn't really work out because they just kind of had guys that just fell to them in all those spots. Starnay Holmes, they're not going to pass up on. They're not going to pass up on Shane Lemieux either, who they really liked and has, and I think has a lot of promise. So, And then Cam Brown's a guy who they just think is such a potential good fit long-term in that system. I get why they pass, kept passing at the position, but I thought that maybe they would then end up finding value at the in the UDFA market. But, you know, between Benjamin Victor, uh, Derek Dillon, and Mack, none, none made the roster, at least as of now. So that's where they're at there. Um, I think that was interesting. I, feel, I thought it was interesting that they that – they, actually ended up releasing both Cooper Rush and Alex Tanney. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, but I'm of the belief that you should never have more than two quarterbacks on your roster for the most part. Yeah, and now you bring back Colt McCoy. He's somebody who has just been around the league in several different systems. He's reportedly an incredibly intelligent guy. He can help Daniel Jones through the bumps and the bruises. He's kind of a career backup. And, you know, when he has a chance to step in there and beat the Cowboys, he does when he was a member of the Washington football team. So that's always great, too. But I I'm glad that they only do have two quarterbacks because I think every roster spot right now is just way too valuable, Yeah, especially during COVID. And guess what? I mean, if the Giants run into a situation where they need more than two quarterbacks, guess what? Alex Tanney, Cooper Rush, they're probably going to be available via call. Yeah, I don't think people are going to. One's going to be on the practice (laughs) squad, first of all. I can guarantee you one of the – I'm not going to guarantee it. I shouldn't say that. I I would wager that one of those spots is going to one of those two quarterbacks. But even if not – I don't think anyone's going to claim either of those two to their practice squad. It's my personal opinion. Maybe Cooper Rush, unlikely though. Um, so again, Cooper Rush is a guy who I can see them adding over Tandy to the practice squad just because he has more experience with the system there with Garrett. But I don't think they have any problem there. I don't see any. I think you're you're killing. They're not killing yourself, but you're putting yourself at, the, at a clear disadvantage when you're one of the teams that keeps three quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, we all thought last year that. Obviously, you're not going to cut Eli Manning, and Alex Tanney was going to be that long-term backup. But you bring in this whole new system and everything. Pat Shermer is now gone. Cooper Rush knows the system. Colt McCoy, you know, just career backup. That's the kind of thing that he does. And he went through a whole lockout situation. So he's kind of been in an area where there has been a lot of uncertainty and you have to adapt to a new offense very, very quickly. Maybe he could help facilitate Daniel Jones with the new offense. It seems like I guess he did, and he proved himself enough in camp to actually crack this roster. So good for him. But, yeah, I think probably Cooper Rush would – get that practice squad spot if I'm picking a quarterback. Yeah. Anything else from the cuts that stood out to you? We'll, we'll go over them right now just so everybody, if anybody hasn't uh, seen yeah. the list. First, the offensive lineman was Eric Smith, John Jalapio, the, and Tyler Haycraft and Kyle Murphy. Defensive lineman Chris Slayton and Nico Lelos and Dalen Mack. Cornerbacks Drayvon Askew-Henry, Kavari Russell, Grant Haley, Prince Smith, Jerron Williams, Chris Williamson. Montre Hardage was also waived with an injury designation. Brandon Williams was another defensive back that was cut. Tight ends, Eric Tomlinson and Garrett Dickerson. Quarterbacks, Cooper Rush, Alex Tanney. Linebackers, Ryan Connolly, odd, and Josiah Teofaro. Wide receivers, Austin Mack, Johnny Holton, Alex Bachman, Derek Dillon, Benjamin Victor. Running back, Tavian Feaster. And then the long snapper, Carson Tinker. Yeah, so again, 
nothing too crazy there. Obviously, we've talked about some of these names. We talked about Dickerson during previous pods. He was flashing a bit in camp. Jerron Williams was flashing a bit in camp. But I'm not surprised to really see any of these guys not make the roster besides Connolly um, from that standpoint. That flashing in camp is one thing to the to the press and to the people who are there for for the little bit they see. But it's such a small percentage, especially when you know we don't have actual preseason games to evaluate these guys off of. We're talking about a few reps that people that these beat writers see in a practice. Yeah, there are a couple names, though, that did crack the roster that we're going to probably go over here in a little bit that I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder what they see in him, and maybe they actually have a plan for these guys in the future on either the defense or the offense. Yeah, let's start right there. Let's start with the roster. We'll start – I think we can skip over quarterback, personally. Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy are the two quarterbacks who made the roster. Not much we need to say there. This is not a podcast where we're breaking down either quarterback, skill set, or anything like that. I think Colt McCoy – He's not the guy I would have chosen as the backup. I would have tried to pour some money into someone like Andy Dalton if I were running this roster. But And that's just my own personal opinion. I think a quarterback is incredibly valuable, the most valuable position in the NFL. Why not add talent there? Um, and Dalton signed for so cheap. It's crazy what the Cowboys got. Yeah, when you, when you think about the money, it's yeah. just kind of hard to dispute it. But I'm actually, I'm fine with Colt McCoy as a backup. I'm okay with McCoy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too happy about it, I would say, just because gotcha. I don't think he's winning any football games for the Giants if he comes in. He, very limited arm talent-wise. Yeah. And doesn't really create. can't push the ball vertically. Yeah, and this is potentially a vertical offense, an offense that wants to push the ball vertically. I know some people would say, "What about Andy Dalton? He doesn't push the ball." Andy Dalton actually pushed the ball pretty well vertically. People don't realize that. Andy you, Dalton, the Red Rock gets a bad rap. Yeah, dude. really bad rap. But he's not a bad quarterback. No, he's not at all. Um, so whatever they they have Colt McCoy and Jones there, nothing unexpected. Running back Saquon Barkley, they kept four. Saquon Barkley, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, Eli Penny, anything there? Not really. I mean, I was of the mindset, obviously, that Gallman was probably going to crack the roster after the scrimmage that we saw. You, Deion Lewis, I didn't really hear too much rumblings about him not making a squad. And then Eli Penny is the interesting one. It was, were the Giants going to carry a fullback? And that was kind of the question. Are they going to run a lot of two running back personnel sets? Do they want to do the lead back thing? I mean, obviously, Saquon Barkley didn't do that a lot. In college, but we know Jamiz Olawale was the fullback last year in Jason Garrett's offense under Kellen Moore, well, with Kellen Moore under him in Dallas. So I was in the mindset that he was probably going to crack this roster, that you were going to get a fullback unless they were cross-training another defensive lineman like a Nikita Whitlock or something like that. So I don't think it's overly surprising, but I know a lot of beat reporters were kind of on the fringe with him because it's just a fullback, and they're a little bit undervalued these days in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I think they might have a more expanded role for him in this offense. I'm still open to that idea just because last year, I mean, there wasn't much. There wasn't much there for Penny on the field. Yeah, I mean, Jamiz Olawale, like I said, he was used pretty pretty well on those little just, you know, play action, flare, boom. Jamiz would take it up and get to run over a cornerback because he outweighs him by 50 pounds. I think wide receiver is one that's interesting to me and stands out here on this what they did with the roster there, Nick. Before we dive into the wide receivers and more of the Giants roster, though, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless, yes I said, contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. All one word. That's $5 off your order and... Zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. 
All right, Nick, let's dive into the receivers because a couple interesting interesting things to me here. One, they only kept five. That's interesting to me. I don't think there's a chance the Giants uh, go into Sunday with five receivers. I'm, I'll go on the record of saying they, there will be another receiver on this roster, and I think one of the two roster spots that will open up from McKinney and Mayo going to IR will be at the wide receiver position. So the ones they did decide to keep, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Lee, and no surprises there. Corey Coleman, no surprise to me, um, and I don't think anyone who's tracked camp, he's looking good out there. And then C.J. Board, who <laughs> will actually default as the biggest receiver in this group. This is a really, really, really small group of receivers. I would venture upon saying, and probably be right, this is the smallest group of receivers collectively in the NFL. Between Tate, Shepard, Slayton, and, and Coleman, you're, you know, Boards measures in at six foot two, but he's not. I don't, and he plays pretty big, but I would. He's not like a big. I wouldn't call him. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call him the the classic Coriel system wide receiver or any kind of like size. I don't think he's adding too much of that to this group. I mean, specifically to this group, yes, because it's again Shepard, Tate, and 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 Coleman are three of the five. But I think that they're going to add size when they look to the wire here at wide receiver. I really do think that there's going to be some interesting guys out there for them to look at, and I think that that's going to be one of their moves. I think they're going to go wide receiver. I don't think that's a bad take, especially if any of those undrafted rookies really couldn't rise to the occasion and seize the opportunity that they had as bigger bodies. The guys like Benjamin Victor, the guys like Austin Mack. So, I mean, C.J. Borg cracking this roster, he was definitely somebody that a lot of beat reporters were flip-flop on. They weren't 100% sure if it was going to be him or maybe even Alex Bachman, who's a smaller kind of receiver. And again, Board isn't a pure prototypical X type of outside boundary receiver. He's like six one and a half, six two, but he did enough in his short time here to earn the respect of Joe Judge. And that seems like the kind of culture that Joe Judge is trying to create here in New York. It's going to be based on, hey, you outperformed, you impress us you do everything right you are detail oriented you will have a chance to crack this roster and they did so i mean good for cj Boyle. let's see how long he could stick or even if he can find himself on the field outside of just specials yeah i mean I, to me the whole alex bachman not making the roster thing doesn't surprise me as much as I, I i've seen it surprise some on giants twitter because i get it he had a really good camp but when you keep someone like alec bachman who's performing his butt off in camp and making big plays but also a really undersized guy and a group of guy and in a group of receivers in a wide receiver room where you're kind of just another one of those guys i mean again tate shepherd coleman these are small guys these are not big wide receivers so to me bachman never made sense if you're a back-end receiver on this roster you're going to be mostly counted on for special teams and you're gonna need to you're gonna need to step up there, and also you need to be different, in my opinion, than these top guys. You need to add size, and that's why I think uh, C.J. Board should really be thanking the fact that yeah. David Sills got injured. Oh yeah, because David Sills, Sills would have been this guy mainly because a he's a gunner. Because remember, Cody Core got injured, and mm-hmm. B. Sills is like six foot three, six foot. Right. He's a bigger dude. I mean, he doesn't really, he can't really create the separation that you ideally want. But he was very productive at West Virginia with Will Greer, and it seems like he was another one who was having a really good camp. But obviously, or unfortunately, he gets injured, and that really sucks for him. But that might be the reason why CJ Board ends up getting that last receiver spot until they add possibly somebody, which I think you and I both believe yeah. they will. I think they're going to add a big receiver on the outside, someone who can be the gunner too, and just someone who they think is the best fit for this specific roster spot, which is kind of like that back end of the roster wide receiver that you see on almost every roster, a guy who can play specials but also can add something different to the room. Yeah, and I think another byproduct of the Sills getting injured too maybe is the fact that Sean Chandler ended up making the roster. He's just another really good special teams kind of player. And, I mean, they had Nate Ebner, who's also a safety, but really just a specialist. So now they have two of those safeties, Mm quote-unquote, but really they're there to be specialists. But maybe we will see Chandler mixed into the equation on the defense. So we're not not there at camp. We can't see how many reps he's getting with the first-team defense or anything like that. But, yeah, he obviously did enough to prove his worth there. Yeah, Chandler Chandler getting reps on this defense this season would not surprise me in the least. I've been a big Chandler supporter since he joined this roster as a UDFA from Temple. Um, how about tight ends? Not nothing there for me that interesting. I mean, this is, they really have it set here. They got Levine Toilolo who's going to play a role for this team. Caden Smith, I don't know how he's going to get on the field, but I hope they figure out a way because he's too talented to leave off the field for too long. And then Evan Ingram, obviously. Yeah, and I think the tight ends. We to go back to Garrett Dickerson. I think a decision was going to be made with Elijah Penny and a fourth tight end, and they decided to go with Elijah Penny over the fourth tight end because. 
we've seen Garrett use tight ends in the backfield before. Mm-hmm. We've seen Jason Witten do that in certain occasions. So I'm guessing the Giants looked at Caden Smith, Levine Toilo, and even Eric Tomlinson and didn't think that they could execute a fullback fullback's role to the best of the ability like Eli Penny could do. So they ended up just going with the three tight ends instead of four tight ends, and then they ended up just keeping Eli Penny. So maybe we're going to see a little bit of 21 personnel, maybe even 22 personnel. I mean, in those short yardage situations, I'm sure, obviously, that's they're going to go in that direction. And then the Giants kept nine offensive linemen on this roster, rounding out 23 players for the offense versus 27 for the defense and three for special teams. Doesn't surprise me to have more to have such a difference uh, between the offense and defense here. I knew this was going to be a team that got more defensive players. They just have so many players playing all these hybrid roles in that second on those second and third levels. Versus you know the offense is pretty straightforward. What your what your role is and what your job is going to be. Um, out of the offensive linemen, Will Hernandez, Kevin Zeitler, no no surprise. Andrew Thomas, no surprise. These are all projected day one starters. Cameron Fleming, no surprise. We're going to call Nick Gates a projected day one starter. I think at this point. No surprise. Spencer Pulley, that doesn't surprise me over Jalapeo. I think they signed Jalapeo this week so they can cut him and then bring him back to the practice spot as he continues to rehab. Remember, his injury was very late in the season, so he probably still has a ways to go there. Um, and Spencer Pulley, you know, you can't. we would love to, for him to not be their second-best option at center, but right now, you know, you've got to trust a guy who's had all these reps in camp in the system versus and and you know snapping the ball at times that Daniel Jones he's had first team reps and obviously not as many as Gates but he's had first team reps and you it's tough to then just sign some random center and again remember the center market in free agency is disgustingly bad like it's you, this is one of the most shallow positions in the entire NFL center offensive tackle these are the positions where you just don't where you know there's not guys like you know, the Giants, for example, the Giants cut their seventh-round pick, um, Chris Slayton, right, out of Syracuse. We saw some promise with Slayton. Some team might find some promise with him. Just like the Giants found promise with Mario Edwards, who was released by the Raiders. Giants got some good snaps at him. Then he went to the Saints, gave him a good snap. But he got released today. Interior defensive linemen, they come and go. There's, it's, a, it's a very deep position. But you're looking at something like center, and it's just not a deep position. So I don't really know what option the Giants had other than keeping Spencer Pulley, really. I don't really believe they could have just signed someone off the waiver wire. There's not much to go for, but they signed someone who has no experience snapping to Jones and has no to take no uh, camp reps with the team. And then you just place him in and say, okay, if this Gates experiment doesn't work, you're in. <laughs> not to mention, Gates gets hurt like the sure. first snap. You're in there with our rookie quarterback on Monday Night Football. Okay, like, that's not right. a way the Giants are going to go about it. They had it. to go yeah. with a guy who's actually snapped some live game reps with Daniel Jones so I get that that doesn't surprise me kept Matt Pert on the roster obviously you're not cutting you're not risking a third round pick that one's obvious but and then Shane Lemieux another to me just obvious one I know he was a late pick sometimes these fifth uh you know these day three picks end up not making the roster I didn't think that was ever the case with Lemieux we saw it you know in the scrimmage we've seen it in camp this is steady drumby. This guy's looking good out there. This is like looking like, oh wow, this guy probably should have been a day two pick type of thing. Like I get it. He st- we still don't know for sure until we see him live on the field, especially in pass protection. But he is he he looks good out there. He looked really mean in the one rep that we really got to see. Yeah, but I would like to see more. Obviously, I, and again, it was pretty obvious they were not going to part with the other guard though, Chad Slade. That's one where I I was like that position was up in the air yeah. we haven't really talked much about Slade, and i don't no. have a ton of information on him either but i thought it was going to come down to him kyle murphy or tyler haycraft and they went with Slade. so i guess we'll see how that uh all we develops. did talk about Slade a bit in the scrimmage though he had a really nice rep we saw he did I mean, yes again, limited sample this, yeah it's limited sample don't go crazy with this stuff but slade's been around for a little while he just might be a guy the giants feel like is, is developing into a better player yeah and maybe he just really busted his ass has a little bit of versatility to him Flipping it over to the defensive side of the ball where they're going to be keeping 27 players, at least as of now, we'll start with the interior defensive linemen, Dalvin, Tomlinson, Dexter, Lawrence, Leonard Williams, obvious. B.J. Hill, I saw some some weird buzz on Twitter that the Giants might cut B.J. Hill. To me, I thought that was never going to happen. Um, B.J. Hill has really only been good when he's been on the field. I know he hasn't had, he didn't have much of a chance last season, but he's still just 25 years old and put some really, really good tape out there as a rookie. So that to me was obvious he was making the roster. And they round this one out with RJ McIntosh, a guy who both me and Nick, like think this guy has good reps. Like he's very limited again, but really put good reps on the field in 2019. Like there's talent there. And Austin Johnson, the kid they signed from, um, from Tennessee, who they who they obviously think can fit this defense and play a role. And, he, and Austin Johnson played under Coach Spencer at Penn State as well. 
Uh, the, the RJ McIntosh one, I'm, I'm happy to see that because, like I said, man, he dealt with a lot of injuries. He had some weird issue where he lost a ton of weight, I think, two off seasons ago, and it's taken him a while to battle back from that. So I'm kind of glad to see that this coaching staff has a high opinion of this kid because it seems like he's really busting his ass to crack this roster. And maybe he'll earn snaps. It's kind of deep. I'm not really 100% sure how much he'll be able to get out there. We saw him a little bit last year get onto the field. But I think it came down to him and Dalen Mack. And those are two totally different defensive linemen. Dalen Mack is a Mack truck. Put him at zero technique. And he is a haul to block because he's like six feet tall, like 325, 335 pounds. Whereas RJ McIntosh is long kind of player, incredibly long arms doesn't crack 300 but he has that really really quick first step yeah. so he might be good when it comes to lining him up at one technique on a third down situation and having him just penetrate upfield so sure. let's see if he actually earns that role though because the giants have you know Leonard williams Dalvin thomas and dexter right. morris are kind of stacked in that that position group still just 24 years old though for, for mcintosh still a developing player with talent so I'm, I'm happy they chose to go that route over, you know, just throwing another zero tech in there. At least that's my opinion. And they, all, they have Austin Johnson who can play that yeah. role, that one tech, that zero tech role. You brought him in there, and obviously you have Dalvin Thomas and Dexter Lawrence who both were drafted to play a role similar to that. I think they can, you know, both play three technique as well. They're kind of versatile in the interior parts of the defensive line. And now you just are that much deeper on the defensive line. When you add someone like Austin Johnson, you can keep these guys fresh and have a nice rotation if the uh, offense allows you to sub during right. game day. It depends on what kind of team they're playing against, obviously. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And then we get to the back end of this roster. You know, there's going to be three for special teams, so that's obvious. But between linebacker and the secondary, the second and third level where we've said, again— it's going to be a new style of defense. There's going to be a lot of pit players wearing multiple hats on this defense, playing different roles based on down and distance. And they're going to have, they're going to need versatility there, and they're going to stress versatility there. They have a combined 21 players of the 53 at linebacker and in the secondary. So we'll start with the linebackers: Lorenzo Carter, no surprise; Marcus Golden, no surprise; O'Shane Exhibitions, no surprise; Kyler Fackrell, no surprise. To me, Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin, no surprise either. Uh, both have, especially Coughlin, has had nice little buzz building about him in camp. Nothing too crazy there. But again, both those guys, they, they see as cookie-cutter fits for the defense. They draft them for a reason. And that's why it's not as surprising to me, again, with Tay Crowder, as we round out the linebackers, Blake Martinez, David Mayo, who's going to, again, go to IR and they're going to open up a spot. Devontae Downs, TJ Brunson, Tay Crowder. I'm not as surprised there either. Besides the fact that, again, you know, Crowder and Brunson were really deep late picks. You see those guys get cut every year. But again, they're, they're, they have an idea. They have a vision for them. I just don't think the Giants are ready to give up on that yet. Neither do I. Neither do I. DJ Brunson, too. I mean, he's somebody who was a vocal team captain for South Carolina, the very aggressive kind of defense who had big personalities, guys like Javon Kinlaw, and I'm sure that that's valued as well. And I, my knock on Brunson was an athletic knock, mm. but it seems like he's done enough to prove his worth here. I'm sure you're going to be seeing him out there on special teams, yeah. along with someone like Tay Crowder, who I think he's had that steady drumbeat that we always refer to as well throughout camp. A lot of people, a lot of beat reporters were talking about Crowder and his physicality and drills and things of that nature. So it's good to actually have a little bit of, I know it's unproven, but a little bit of depth here at the linebacker position because... We've gone a while as Giants fans, and we've just looked at that linebacker position, and it's just been barren for people that we have had any kind of confidence in. And now you have a lot of younger players who haven't proven it yet, but at least I feel like it's trending in the right direction. I'm I'm a little less I'm a little more skeptical, I guess, about the inside linebacker depth. Just looking at it for me, you know, Blake Martinez. Again, I like I said, I do think they're going to have a lot of situations where they really only need one of these guys on the field. So, God forbid, Blake Martinez gets hurt, though. Behind him, Devontae Downs, C.J. Brunson, Tate Crowder. I don't know. That's why, to me, Connolly felt like such a good lock. But that's why, to me, I think Connolly is going to be back. Okay. I think that this is going. That's this is a calculated move by Joe Judge. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, Devontae Downs worked his butt off. We saw him. You know, he was flying all over the place in that scrimmage, and and just in general, from what we've seen, he's got his name called a lot so far in camp. Obviously, he earned his way onto this roster. It's a bit surprising, but he probably worked his butt off, had a better chance than Connolly because just simply by getting more reps, probably. But it's still a bit surprising to me. I feel like there's still light at the inside backer position, even though they're not going to play too many of them. It just feels like... It's an undervalued position in general in the NFL. 100%. As we move forward to the secondary, 10 guys there. Again, Not I don't think that's anything crazy or out of the ordinary. Usually you, you'll see about 10, maybe 11 there in the secondary. Very rarely you're going to see nine or fewer. 
Um, James Bradbury, obvious. Logan Ryan, obviously, they just signed him for $7.5 million or whatever it was. Um, Jabril Peppers, obvious. Julian Love, obvious. Darnay Holmes, obvious. Xavier McKinney, he'll go on IR. Isaac Yadam, who they just traded for, I didn't think there was any chance they were going to cut him. You don't trade a seventh-round pick and then cut him. That would have been just stupidest move ever. By, by uh, I, I still think it's a little bit of a, by the way, just not a great move to have used, traded a seventh-rounder for him two days before final cuts or three days before final cuts. It seemed pretty likely that he was not going to make that roster, so they couldn't, could have just claimed him on waivers. I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So He was benched twice last year by the Broncos, right. and I watched his film. It's not all that impressive. He's just man coverage he definitely seems to struggle with. He's just not balanced whatsoever. He's kind of slow with his click and close out of his break. He doesn't come out of it collective. His center of gravity is always kind of high, which allows him to just subtly hesitate and try to recollect his balance, and it gives – it gives wide receivers and tight ends that much more opportunity to turn around and run directly at him because he's not really great at sticking on these guys in man coverage, especially at the top of breaks. And I think it could be something that's going to be a problem for the Giants, to be honest. I didn't see much that I really, really liked about Yadam's tape. Well, that's not great to hear. Um, I didn't get a chance to dive into it like Nick did, but me and Nick have discussed this off pod. I think that they, with specifically with Yadam, it's got to be – either Gettleman or Graham or someone or even Judge but probably not Judge most likely Gettleman or Graham has some kind of eval on him from from the draft that they're really leaning on and they're thinking they you know it's an upside play there can he become the player we thought he could become earlier I know he's had a bit of a rough start just career yada yada that that type of thing it could be in play but I, I agree with you it seems a little risky there he's not a great athlete and there were a lot of technical issues so maybe if you fix if jerome henderson sure. can fix those technical issues then you can kind of his athleticism isn't a huge liability he's just not an elite athlete sometimes you can see like elite athletes who have poor technique overcome their crappy technique because they're elite athletes he's not that sure you know what i'm saying so it's definitely something that it, it's interesting that they made that trade Hopefully that they can correct these technical or these technical flaws with this kid, and they can get him going because he's only like 24 years old. He has good size. He has long arms, so he has those kind of those kind of physical attributes that you enjoy. It's just it's definitely something that I, I hope he plays better for the Giants than he did for their 2019 Denver Broncos. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, and again, it's still it's just seventh round pick, but it seems like an odd thing to trade a pick just before final cut. And you basically lock him in. You lock him into your to, roster, into the right? roster, and yeah. that kind of says a lot about a lot of these defensive backs yeah. that didn't make the roster. For as sure, well. no doubt. I mean, rounding out the roster: Sean Chandler, Nate Ebner. Um, I don't know if we mentioned him, but obviously, Jabril uh, uh, Peppers and Corey Ballantyne. So, as far as that goes, this is another position I'm targeting as a potential one that will be claimed on waivers. Um, after McKinney and Mayo are put on IR for the simple fact that Nate Ebner is one of the 10 and he's not going to play much at all defense. I'm sure he won't play much defense. Chandler's another guy who I'm interested in seeing on the defense, but I'm not sure he's, I'm not sure they kept him for defense. I think that's more special teams there. So I think ultimately either this position, inside linebacker or wide receiver, (coughs) excuse me, two of the three guys they claim will be at those positions would be my guess. Yeah, and then you have the two that you can activate on game day. So whoever sneaks through to the Giants practice squad out of all the guys that they cut, I'm sure we can go through some of these names and uh, you can put 10 guys this year on instead of seven. So 10 of the guys who were cut are going to end up on that practice squad. I'm not sure. I think it's very interesting, to be honest, actually, that you can put vets on there because I don't know what that does to some of these back-end rookies, especially groups of like the wide receiver where there were a lot of rookies that did not make the squad. Are they going to keep four rookie wide receivers out of 10 more than likely no that's not going to happen so i think it's interesting to see who they actually choose out of all those players yeah it definitely will be that and then obviously the the 53 round roster is rounding out with graham gano at kicker me and nick are both pretty confident there riley dixon that ended up being a solid trade by the new york giants dixon's been an excellent punter for them and then casey Kreider as the, as their new long snapper so i think that's the, i think this is about what i expect with the final 53 my overall thoughts would be just what happened with Connolly? And I guess we'll have to wait to find the details there. And the other thought would be, okay, they're really going to plan to go outside this roster to finally fill out the back end of that wide receiver position because, you know, I was definitely expecting before camp started one of these UDFAs to latch on. I really had high expectations for them, 
and, and it just didn't happen. I, I did too. I mean, I was actually okay with the Giants going into the undrafted free agent pool and bringing in as many of those guys as you were interested in because it was such a saturated market when it came to talent at the wide receiver position. So if you didn't love someone or you felt like you had to allocate your picks to another position, which I think we can all agree that was a wise move, then just wait to see who wasn't drafted and pick some of those guys up. But obviously none of those guys made a big enough impression to stick on the active roster. You have players like CJ Board taking that active spot. But I, I'm willing to say I think at least two of them will end up on this practice squad. Yeah, me too. I, I'm pretty confident in that as well. All right, Nick, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? No, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty solid. There's a lot of moves going on right yeah. now in the NFL. It's fluid again. Yes. This is this entire Giants roster is going to be fluid by the time you guys listen. Is hopefully most of this is still intact and they haven't made too many moves. But we do expect, and you should expect them to claim two players in the coming days as they will almost immediately put both David Mayo and Xavier McKinney on the IR. And like you said, Gettleman does this. Last year, he did it with Caden Smith. He did it with David Mayo. I want to say there were a couple of other players that he ended up claiming at this time at final cuts because right now, NFL teams are scrambling right now to see who was cut, getting their pro football department or their pro scouting departments to give them their evaluations on these players and their college scouting departments for the younger guys to get their evaluations on these guys to see if they can utilize their skill sets this year relative to their current roster if there's anybody that they think they can cut and bring in these other guys we see it all the time and it seems like Gettleman really did this in the past two seasons Uh, I feel like we're gonna see it we'll see it probably by tomorrow yeah, for sure. And remember, the Giants have the fourth best, the fourth highest waiver claim too. So that'll yeah. go in their favor. It goes by draft order from this past draft. So if there really is a guy they're eyeing, they're going to probably get him. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in to the latest from Big Blue Banter. As usual, we're going to plug a few things. Please do us a favor and follow us if you don't already on Instagram. NY Big Blue Banter is our Instagram handle. Follow us, of course, on Twitter as well, but I'm sure most of you already follow us there. And if you can, rate, subscribe, and download to the show. We will be back soon. There is finally going to be a game that we can break down the All-22 from. That's coming this Sunday. I cannot, or I'm sorry, this next Monday. I cannot wait for that. But obviously we'll be back probably before that to preview that game and to kind of go over um, the action from the first game, Thursday Night Football. We have some ideas there, so we'll see. We'll talk to you soon, though, and have a great rest of your week. Did somebody say playoffs, NBA, and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered? Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.